0: And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I really do always, always appreciate the fact that you are watching or listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World as we give you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And we'll give you all of the particulars a little bit later on in the program so that you'll be able to find us and help us and participate uh, as well in what we are doing here. And that is to change the world, find those new ways of living the old ways aren't working folks i can tell you that right now just look around you um you know i mean we've got uh, i i and i'll just i'm just going to cite this i usually don't like talking about current events because they're not fun to do but we had a situation that uh, took place uh, on uh, the 14th of uh, december of 2021 uh, at our nation's capital that has not happened for over 200 years. You want to know what that is? You can Google it. But it's a sad fact uh, that people are not willing to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, regardless of whether you swear an allegiance to the truth or God or whoever. Um, it's something that uh, we all need to uh, start uh, dealing with, and that is the truths about ourselves. Hello? about ourselves. Well, today, I think today's program helps us to do that. Um, you want to know about um, uh, your deepest desires uh, and uh, how to transform your life in the new year, 2022? You believe that? Uh, I'll tell you what, I, I don't know that I'll be here in twenty two twenty two, but next year or the year 2022, deuces are wild, Wait till February 2nd. Two, 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 two. (laughs) But anyway, our guest today is going to help us to understand some other elements therein, give us some tools for taking care of ourselves, both mind, body, and spirit. In these um, changing slash challenging times, uh, trusting your intuition or instincts, we're going to kind of touch upon that and deal with the issues of of fear and sensitivity and empathy. And we're even going to tune in, if you will, or touch base with the cycles of the moon with our very special guest today, Diane faced And I want to thank you so much for joining us on the program. And I believe we connected initially on
1: LinkedIn. Yes, we did.
0: And that has happens to be uh, one of the places that I go to quite often uh, to get many of my guests just because um, I remember I think it was the question you asked me in the uh, message in LinkedIn. I said, well, why did you contact me? Right. And it I is. just found you, you what you're doing to be fascinating. I found it to be very apropos to what we are doing here with Tell Me Your Story. And I thank you for joining us.
1: Well, I am very honored that you asked me to participate. It sounds like you are out there. Hmm being open to exploration because like you said what we've been doing is not working anymore yeah
0: yeah you know you hear a lot of um boy i could come up with all kinds of 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 words <laughs> um i like that uh, we we by the way um uh, has anybody looked up the word thesaurus in the thesaurus. What other word is there for a thesaurus? <laughs> uh, another, another subject for another program, but I, I just find that there's been a lot of rhetoric, a lot of hyperbole, a lot of hubris, <sighs> a, a, a lot of um, uh, puffed up diatribe, is the best way to put it, because uh, it's not conversation. Uh, I- you know, Some might even label it as propaganda, etc., etc., etc. About The way things are today, how great things are. Now, bear in mind, first of all, I'll let our listeners know what I have to say, and I do say this regularly on the program, is mine. I don't put it on anybody else. I'm not even to the extent where I say, you know, the the views expressed are mine and uh, they actually should be everybody else's. Heck no. I don't want, you know, if you like what I'm saying, great. If you don't, great. But they're mine. And I'm not putting them on anybody. Uh, but we hear these comments about how, how, how great all of our systems are. Free enterprise and capitalism. Democracy. Or some people say, no, it's not a democracy. It's a republic. I don't, I don't care. What do you want to, Whatever you want to call it, call it. They aren't working. Well, that's not the problem with the documents. No, it's the problem with the people. Um, various philosophies of of faith, not working. Well, that's not the problem with the documents. I didn't say anything about the documents. It is the people. The people aren't learning. I'm curious, Diane, uh, about uh, your upbringing and how you have, as we get started here, straddled or worked your way through a lot of, and I'm going to throw out one other word, a lot of the hypocrisy. I mean, I grew up in this business in broadcasting in the 80s and early 90s in Christian radio, watching the televangelists fall one by one, screaming and yelling as they fall about one or two particular issues that they got caught up in. So I would warn people, if you find somebody who is screaming and yelling about a particular thing that, nobody, that people shouldn't be doing... <laughs> Um, you might want to take a look at them and maybe th- as Shakespeare said, me dost think thou protesteth too much. Diane, your <laughs> thoughts on uh, what's going on in our world today in terms of um the status quo versus what you and I are all about, and that's transformation.
1: Oh, wow. um, I feel like we are in a hmm, we're in a pattern that's very, Stagnant that we have outgrown, but and this is a worldwide phenomenon, it's not not right here in our little teeny bubble, it is the whole world, correct? Um, hence the pandemic we've been in for almost two years. The world is transforming, and we are being invited to transform if we're willing. However, there are a lot of people who sit in fear, which is understandable. We don't know what's really going on here. Um, But they resist change and they're like, it's always worked, why do we have to change it? Change scares them, it terrifies them. However, the whole universe is changing and I'm here to help people, give them some insight, some support. Sometimes people just need to truly be listened to and I can do that. And then if they want tools and resources and ideas, I help with that too because i connect with many people that i would refer to as sensitive or empathic who are getting these messages but they don't trust them so they'll talk to me to get um like uh, confirmation verification that they're not going crazy or making it up on their own yeah and that's again another human thing so there are a lot of people that are just like nope 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 they're just not admitting that we need change but a lot of the people I end up communicating with are searching for change, but maybe are not confident in how to get there.
0: And you know what's really paradoxical about what you just described in terms of the individuals mm-hmm. who don't trust their intuition? Right. They don't, they don't trust the external world either. Right. And you can choose pretty much any subject you want, political, religious, economic, because of this this country in particular, but I think this is also global, the polarization, depending upon mm. the subject matter, that exists right now. And it's Very like, well, you know what, you who have uh, made the decision that you are going to believe, bear in mind, I didn't say no, you believe based upon what you've heard. From respective from different sources, or maybe only one source, your echo chamber. And we got no judgment here. Uh, you better make up your mind here. Either you trust or you don't trust. And either you trust the sources that are out there or you don't, or forget about the sources without. What about the source within? You know, many of these many folks, they they claim to have this this faith. This, you know, this this acknowledgement of a higher power, a supreme being, God, uh, that they serve this God, that they're doing uh, this God's will, and so on and so on and so on. It's like, I not, I'm not seeing it because you are trying to ram down my throat what you believe. You don't know this. Uh, when 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 the pandemic was declared, I was. Absolutely amazed and awed by how many members of the news media became instant epidemiologists. I will tell you, it's almost been two years. I still don't know. I still don't know. And you know what? I don't care. Because if we get into the subject of death and dying, I don't have any control over that. You know, one day I'm here and the next day I'm not. And that ain't up to me. I'm going to try to live as long as I can, Diane. <laughs> you want <laughs> me both. But I don't, I don't know what my departure date is, you know. Uh, and uh, I'm good. None of us I'm good. do, and I think that's good. Yeah, and I'm good with that. And yes. if today is my day, I'm good with that too. Is there more I want to do? Oh, please. Yes, of course. But you know, what am I going to do? Complain? At, uh, what am I going to do? Customer? Go to customer service on the <laughs> other side saying, I believe a mistake has been made. Uh, it doesn't work. So uh, I think that people need to, and I love what Greg Braden said, especially when we talked to him about his book, uh, The Healing Power of Belief. He said that one day we will no longer believe. We will know. Well, I think that day is today because what we need to know Diane, is about ourselves, right? I mean, Correct. It, uh, what, uh, for, I wish I could remember who said this, uh, to thine own self be true. And then, of course, it also says "Ye shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I'm speaking of the truth of me, the truth of you. But I can't give you your truth and you can't give me mine. Let's talk about that as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm here with Diane Faist, and this is uh, New Paradigms for a New World. As we continue on this program talking about this aspect of knowing oneself. Diane, would you expound on that from your perspective and the work that you do?
1: Sure. It's interesting because many people, when they are looking for answers— look outside themselves to somebody or something they trust. Some people want to get more education. Some people want to communicate with, uh, I don't know, some vetted authority that they think knows better than they do. And that seemed to be the way of thinking back in the day. However, I see the world changing a lot. And I'm not saying that you, you can't uh, investigate with other people and resources. Certainly, it's a good thing. But my issue is when you put your complete trust in them or that or whatever, that's where we're getting into a challenge because ultimately we are being called to trust in here, our inner selves. And it's that part of I'm putting more trust in somebody or something over trusting what resonates with me. And personally for me, my journey has been um, bumpy (laughs) like most people. And I had some very significant health challenges that started more than a couple decades ago. And that really changed everything for me because of course I had all these visions and all these plans and all these ideas. I graduated from college and gung-ho. And then shortly after that, that wasn't the way. So I was stopped in my tracks and had to do a lot of inner reflecting. And I did put my faith out in other people, doctors and whoever, help, help, fix this, make it go away. Well, they could put Band-Aids on it but they didn't make it go away Mm. and the more i took a deeper inner spiritual approach which took time and it was a very twisty journey that i'm still on i learned to trust me more and more currently when i don't trust my instincts my gut feeling intuition whatever you want to call it my body gets my attention saying how dare you go back on what you know is true. Don't even think of it. I mean, it just, bam, stops me. And that's my journey. I don't know how it affects other people, but that, that is just telling me, I need to trust me and I need to reach out to people to support me because here I am telling people, I work with energy. I can read energy. I do Reiki sessions for people. I do intuitive readings and support. And yet I wasn't getting the additional support I needed. And that was like, why? I don't know why. I guess I was stuck in old habits and patterns. And I thought, oh, I can all do it all myself. Well, that was short-sighted because nobody can. I can't. And once I started honoring that more, I was doing like things on my own self-care a lot. But what I needed to do was reach out on a personal level and get more more support from somebody that, that comes from the same way of thinking that I do. And that's made a significant difference. Mm. I, I used to go to people in the past, but like I said, this has been decades. And I saw a very intuitive, amazing, um, I call him a holistic energy chiropractor, but he's retired. So I had to find somebody new and it took me a little while to find somebody new that's supporting me. And so I have, and it's a real blessing because I'm out there wanting to support other people. And I feel like I have tools and gifts so I can help other people, but it's like, if I'm trying to drive across the country and I don't fill my gas tank up, I'm not going to get very far. Well, in my body, I need to fill up my internal gas tank so I can keep going and take care of what I need in order to help other people. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's, it's uh, the first rule of survival. It's also the first rule uh, of the, uh, the uh, uh, emergency information that is given when you're on an airplane.
1: Put on exactly. your mask
0: first. Yep. Put on your mask first. And then, uh, and some I'm saying, well, you got to be kidding me. What about your children? Yes. If you uh, don't have the oxygen to breathe, how are you going to help your children exactly. to put their masks on? Now, it's great. Okay, take a deep breath. But hey, you know, if the if if it's sudden cabin decompression, there is no breath to take. It just went out the hole. <laughs> that created the decompression so we've got it and then that also is the first rule uh that's also the first rule of uh survival take care of number one because you can't help two three four and five if you don't take care of number one right um you know I the think trick about, is
1: that some people think yeah. oh that's being selfish that's yeah. being greedy and it's not no we need to take care of ourselves first so that we can help other people yeah it, it, it's tricky because there are sometimes when I'm sharing some guidance with a client and I'm listening to it going, okay, did you just hear what you said? Because you need to do more of what you just said for this person. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I do know it, but sometimes I need reminders. Yeah. And I fall off my path like we all do.
0: Yeah. We're talking with Diane Faist and we're talking about the work that she does. Um, she does have a uh, website you can uh, uh, check out. And I, I kind of like this, the way you've, you've played with your name as well as the word energy. Uh, Dianergy, D-I-A-N-E-R-G-Y dot com. Is the website, and we encourage you folks to go there and find out more about uh, the work that Diane is doing. We're going to find out more about what uh, the work that Diane is doing today here on the program as well as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it's great to have uh, Diane faced with us here on the program. Talking about the work that she is doing um, I mentioned a number of things earlier in the program uh, finding your inner light and get uh, and get more out of life is one of the things with mind body spirit and divine energy that Diane at Diane Energy Energy, um, Diane Energy dienergy dot dienergy.com <laughs> Uh, I'll get this pronunciation down. But uh, basically, we want to live a more balanced and happy life. I have to uh, share with you the, the fascinating thing for me anyway is, um, is that when uh, I was talking, we were talking about happiness many, many, about a few years back, and the thought occurred to me about uh, the line in the preamble that says uh, uh, we have these inalienable rights And among them, which means there are more than just these three, there's life. Got it. I'm alive. I'm sentient. I'm conscious and so forth. Liberty. I'm I'm going to put it in the context. I can do what I want, when I want, where I want, how I want, uh, whatever I want to do. But there's also a responsibility factor in there, folks. It's not just carte blanche because otherwise you have anarchy. And then happiness. Oh, I'm sorry, no, no, no. We don't get happiness. Happiness is not an inalienable right. We get to search, okay, pursue happiness. We in the pursuit of happiness. Which I find it rather interesting that that they've defined life as, I guess, existence. That would be that definition. Liberty as more of a verb, okay? Uh, and happiness would certainly be more of an adjective, I suppose, but pursuing happiness, that's, all, that's what we get to do. And I find that interesting that they incorporated that in there. Um, but do you remember the country, the small little island some years ago? And they may still have it. You know how we have the GDP, gross national product, or uh, gross domestic product? Well, they had a, a gross national a uh, happiness, uh, uh, a gross happiness um, coefficient, or what have you, where, you know, to see how their population was, uh, if their population was happy, and i thought that was rather an interesting thing that they had incorporated into their, into their system. If you were to uh, put on a scale of one to ten, Diane, uh, your level of happiness, wow. in general. In general? From 1 to 10. 1 being, yeah, I'm not happy at all. I want out. Right. Uh, and 10 being, <clears throat> your, your, your heart's about to explode and your head's about to pop off because you are just so ecstatic. I don't know if you want to use the word blissful, <laughs> exuberant, or what have... Back to the thesaurus once again. Right. Um, wh- where would you put that? And let's talk a
1: little bit about happiness. Well... I have certainly gone up and down that scale a lot, mm-hmm. but currently I would like to put myself at like a nine and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I have everything I ever wanted tangibly, but in here, I am way up there mm-hmm. because I am happy and I feel very lucky and I have a loving family and a, and a safe home and, and I have a work that I am passionate about. So I am happy. Now, if somebody said, do you have every single thing you want, you know, physically in your life? Well, of course not. But that's not the most important thing to me. What's most important is how do I feel in here? And that's the part that for me has gotten richer over time. Mm. And I think that a lot of people, when you said the pursuit of happiness, a lot of people are trying to reach somewhere else to to find something to make make them happy. Mm. And for me... I, I did that for a while, and I would feel accomplished when I checked something off the list. But ultimately, at the end of the day, that didn't really truly make me happy. That made me feel accomplished, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But true happiness for me comes from within. Mm. And that's where I think we're, we're being called to really look at the big picture of our lives. And say, what are the most important things to me? And am I truly valuing them? Time is one of them. Am I just so busy, busy, busy all over the place, which has changed during the pandemic for many people, but um, people sometimes schedule themselves so that they don't have any decompression time to just be. And everybody does that being in a different way. And I'm not going to say, oh, you have to do it like this. No, you have to find your way. Yeah. what makes you have more harmony more balance more comfort and everybody has a different thing but when i do my work i i read energy and i read energy from people all over the world i don't have to be have you sitting right next to me and i can tune in pretty quickly for where they are on this scale of what i what i refer to as vibration and if you are fairly optimistic about I'm on a good path that if I get kind of lost but I'm striving for more you're going to be up at that higher part of the scale or at least the upper half Mm -hmm. but if you're sitting down there going the world stinks and it's all my fault why is everybody blaming me or it's all somebody else's fault normally is what they say not their own fault and they're just very angry and blaming they're going to be at that bottom part of the scale yeah those are not normally the people I talk to (laughs) I normally talk to the people that are sort of mid and up but they often talk about the people that are at the bottom of the scale. Um, And you can't fix anybody. Each one of us needs to decide what do I really want? Mm -hmm. And the the magic here is I believe you can find it, but you have to have faith and trust and go with the flow per se. Mm -hmm. Because way back when it used to be, oh, set goals and have achievements and boom, 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 boom. I don't feel that anymore. I think that's really kind of... It's in the process of disintegrating. Hmm. But that's why the whole world is going through this transformation because we have ancient ways of everything. Um, Like maybe it's our roadways or our bridges or our transportation systems or whatever. They are aging. And if we're not honoring those, that's going to be a problem. And that can go for anything and everything. Mm -hmm. But usually what I'm working with is what we're doing on the inside. Yeah. And are you listening? And are you... And one thing that I've really learned on my journey is, am I listening to my body? And I told you that my body's getting louder when I'm not listening as keenly. Um, Because to me, we have a physical body, yes. But we also have an energy body that we don't see, but it's there. Mm -hmm. And I sense that energy body. And when I'm doing things with working with people and their energy like I'm can tune with their their I call the bubble like the auric field the bubble around us and sometimes if we're not feeling safe that bubble is like skin tight and if we're like out of the ocean and we're just loving it that bubble gets huge well what a lot of people aren't realizing is you have control over that you can bring that bubble in you can push it out if you're in a lovely place um and then we have these chakras that go through our body that I can tune into to see okay, at their root chakra, their base chakra, are they feeling safe and grounded or are they like all over the place and terrified? And I can run some some energy diagnostics, that's a funny word that just popped up, um, to try to balance that so that they feel more peace, more calm, more harmony, so that they can have a bigger picture view. Because when you're terrified, you barely can see past the end of your nose Mm. and you're just sitting there in fear. So I try to give people a broader perspective and if the, if I can calm them from their anxious state for whatever it is, could be their career, their personal life, their children, their whatever. Um, if I can help them, I'm not saying I can fix anything necessarily that they're specifically dealing with, but if they can be more at peace, mm-hmm. they realize they have the power, they have the choice. And oh, one of the other things that a lot of people will struggle with is boundaries. And that's probably a word that's bounced around for a while that some people are familiar with and some people aren't. But if you are, I'll just use the term sensitive, you are like a sponge and you absorb stuff. It could be the people you live with. Could be somebody across the other side of the world. But if you're sensitive and that energy is out there vibing, and if you're not careful, you can absorb it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know you're absorbing it, you think it's you. And yet it's most likely not. Most of the time it's not. So I teach people how to set up, you know, boundaries, how to I, I say you're like a sponge. So imagine you, you have this imaginary sponge and you can squeeze it, squeeze it, all that dark, heavy yuck out of it and hold it under this flow, this waterfall of love and light. So it's all sparkly. And imagine you put it back inside yourself and now you feel better. And then like that bubble, I'll often say put maybe, I, I don't even know exactly if this works, but I got the term uh, like a titanium shield around the outside of, of your auric field. And say that if there's something that's going to help you as a person, even if it's not necessarily fun, if you're going to be a better person, I say bring it in. But if it's just nasty for the sake of nasty, I want it to bounce off and go back to wherever it came from because I don't need that. So I'm trying to give people resources and tools to many people who are sensitive, know they are, or empathic. Some of them know how to, to, they've learned the tools to deal with it, but they want um, clarification or more insights but many people I talk to don't even realize it's going on it's like what I'm picking up on is you are trying to control this person of interest or you are absorbing all this drama at work and thinking that you're broken when you're not broken at all so it's like cut yourself some slack you're doing the very best job you can with everything you know at this time and if you want something different go after it. But right now, my suggestion to everybody is go after it in baby steps because we're going through all this massive transformation inside and out. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't force or rush anything. I want you to get to the point where, okay, I'm thinking about doing this and you, you kind of sit on it for a while. It's sort of like uh, a chicken hatching an egg. It doesn't (laughs) hatch instantly. You need to kind of let it sit there for a while. I got the term percolate. That's like an old coffee maker. I think, um, So you need to kind of let it develop over time. And over time, and that amount of time, of course, is uh, sort of flexible for each person and situation. But um, unless it's something that feels totally solid to you on every level, I would sit on it a bit Um, because there's so much turmoil in the world and I don't want you to hear like this tick 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 i only have two seconds left to make the decision that's usually the voice of fear
2: Mm.
1: sadly that's the voice that most people think that's my inner whatever talking to me Mm -hmm. Uh, it's really not the good part the 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 inner wisdom that i often refer to is often a calm loving supportive voice that kind of nudges you It doesn't hit you on the head with a bat unless you're really missing something. (laughs) Um, The tick, 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 tick is fear. And that's more of our ego and our personality that's like, I need to keep you safe. I don't want you to miss out. Um, And you compare yourself to other people. Whoa, that's a really dangerous thing because, yes, we're all human. But other than that, we're very different. Um, So whether you're comparing your children to other children or yourself to somebody else, dial that down. It's not helping you. Yeah. Um, It's just... And I know I'm kind of like all over the place, but I'm I'm thinking of clients and experiences and things that, and that it keeps popping up, and so that's what I'm sharing.
0: Well, you've talked about, uh, of course, uh, setting boundaries uh, Mm -hmm. in all areas of one's life. Uh, Oh yes, uh, standing up for yourself always. And Mm. I know a lot of people have trouble. I used to have trouble with that. Um, I had a situation some years ago. I was working for a station. When I was hired, I was hired so to speak through the back door, uh, i.e. sales, the sales department, and I'm not a I'm not a, a trained salesperson. Okay. But I was hired because the general manager wanted to replace his program director. But he hadn't fired him yet, hadn't let uh-huh. him go. So they brought me in. Now he already knew, the the current program director knew what was going on. He and I got along just fine. He didn't blame me, you know, and so forth. And, um, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, after he was let go, he continued to help me through the transition period, uh, even nice. if he wasn't on premises. You know, if I had questions, I could call him, and, and we got along fine. And this went on for about a month. And I was like the golden child. I was like the general manager's best friend. Mm. But about a month or so after that, something shifted. And all of a sudden, he was treating me as if I was the person who just killed his best friend. Whoa. That was a quick change. Hostile work environment for the next seven or eight months. And uh, when they let me go, they gave me something that not any – unless you have a contract in radio – they don't give you a severance package, but they gave oh. me one, and that Ooh. told me they knew what, that what they were doing was wrong.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it wasn't until months after that that some of the buddies uh, that I got to know there uh, did some research and found out that the reason why all of this was going on, and it wasn't, it had nothing to do with me, because the owner, who at the time was also the owner of the Detroit Pistons, Ooh. he uh apparently needed a tax write-off and that radio station was that tax write-off wow so they didn't want improvements they didn't want to make it better they didn't want to make it better (laughs) yeah exactly and that's what i was there to do Uh, i thought because if i had known that we were just gonna rest on our laurels from 1952 i probably would have never taken the job um, and, uh, so, you know, it was just, and so it was a rather frustrating, and I hid out in the production room just to stay out of this guy's way, because I just didn't want the static, you know, I just didn't want to deal with that energy. But there right. were a couple of times I went into his office and I said, what's going on? Why are you treating me like this? And I never really got a response. Of course. Because he knew what he was doing was wrong, but he also knew that in order for him to keep his job and so forth and so on. This is uh, uh, something also that, that a lot of people, you try... I was even asked the question, you know, Richard, if there was one thing that you could change in... Uh, that you could change uh, uh, in me, uh, what would it be? And I said, well... You know, and I thought it was a trick question, but the, the, they answered the question regarding me first. You know, what would I change in you? Uh, and um, so when I answered the question... I said, well, uh, if there were anything I could change in you, it would be your confidence in yourself. This person has very low self-esteem. Does not, in spite of the fact that they are incredibly good at the work that they do and they're in the medical field. Okay. Absolutely superb. You could not ask for a better uh, uh, patient-oriented person in the medical field. But in spite of the fact that they can list all of the things that they know how to do, they don't have the confidence to stand up and say, Hey, knock it. I know what I'm doing here. Please let me. I mean, this person is exemplary in trauma situations. I mean, it's just like spot on. Um, When I had a pain in my gut back in late July of of 2021, uh, it wouldn't, it started around two o'clock in the afternoon, did not go away all day long into the evening. Finally at, what was it? 1030, 11 o'clock, maybe later than that. We're going to the ER. Turns out I had a very infected gallbladder and a gallstone the size of a golf ball.
1: Mm, that doesn't and, sound much fun. Yeah.
0: And it just happened that it was happening around the Olympics, and so when they took out my uh, gallbladder, I was telling everybody, "Oh yeah, I, I participated in the Olympics this year. You didn't know that, did you?" <laughs> well, they have a new they have a new sport. It's called a gallbladder cleaning jerk. Um, so anyway, uh, she was she knew she knew the symptoms, and she says, "Okay, we're not gonna risk this because at one point she had a bowel obstruction. We didn't know that, but we saw the symptoms." And finally, we got her in there maybe a couple of hours before she might have died. Um, So these are the kinds of things that actually go into one of the other elements that you referred to earlier, and that has to do with listening to your body. It is talking to you. And you said uh, there are times when it's it's very loud, and in those instances for us, it was very loud. This is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and we're here talking with Diane Faist, and we're talking about uh, these different aspects of taking care of yourself in uh, these uh, changing and challenging times, I want to talk more about this aspect of intuition because one of the things that we promote here on Tell Me Your Story, Diane, is where we encourage people to participate in the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s. It started with the year of perfect vision, 2020. And what we're asking them to do is take time, go within, and listen to that still, small voice. I love it. There's a difference between intuition and instinct. Okay. Help us to delineate the difference and should I always listen to that still small voice, or are there times when I should go on instinct?
1: Hmm. Um, to me, instinct can be interpreted a couple different ways, depending on who you're talking to. You could say, I have an instinct to back up because there's a big car or a big truck coming down the road, and I'm going to get hit. You know that kind of instinct. You need to act fast and get out of the way. Um, to me, intuition is more of a softer, gentler, almost repetitive um, message that mm-hmm. we have forgotten to listen to. Yeah. Um, instinct, other people might say, is more ego. know. I'm not saying my our egos are bad. But our egos are here to – our ego and our personality have developed it over time for a lot of different reasons. And sometimes it's healthy and balanced, and sometimes it's a little twisted and out of whack. So to me, I have an instinct to go gambling because I have an addiction to it. If that's it, that's clearly not a very healthy thing for most people if it becomes dangerous. Um, So it. a lot of people – we'll try to loop together instinct and intuition to be the exact same thing. And other people see them very different. Um, There are similarities, but I have learned over time to trust my intuition because I've worked on it for so long and I've trained and I've been working with energy for, well, I've been working with energy my whole life, but professionally um, for more than a decade. And I hear like, it's funny when I say I hear, I don't really mean I hear it like I hear Richard talking to me, but Mm -hmm. I get this uh aha inner knowing. Um, I remember I had a conversation with a client not that long ago, and we were talking about a certain issue, and we both heard, she was going to try to start a new business or something, and we both heard church as maybe the church could support her, but I'm the first one that voiced it. I said, maybe you could explore Seeing if you get support through a church or maybe even a community center and not have to rent a place of your own. And she said, I just heard church too. So it's, and we all do it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's like, I don't know how to describe it because it's not like you and I talking, but it is an awareness, a knowing, an aha. It's like a whisper. I often refer to it. I got a whisper of this mm-hmm. and sit with that and see how that resonates with you. Yeah. Because again, we're all different. Yeah.
0: I've actually, uh, I've actually used the word prompting. Okay. Um, matter of fact, in a in a personal growth program in the nineteen eighties, early eighties, I went through a program called Lifespring, was okay. sort of an outgrowth of EST. And in one of the exercises, they gave us this long white rectangular rectangular piece of construction paper and a sharpie, and said we want you to write a statement. They didn't care what the statement was. Okay. But they wanted you to write a statement. Now, they didn't—we hadn't just had an exercise uh, on anything in particular like the still small voice. But what came to me was—and I wrote this in cursive at first. I wrote, I will listen to—and then uh, I guess I was prompted (laughs) to write in block letters— Mm. And follow the promptings of my friend. And that's what I refer to my still small voice as, my friend. And um, I found that really, really very interesting because I used to say on this program when talking about listening, if you're going to listen then follow the promptings. If you're not going to follow the promptings, then why do you bother listening? <laughs> and I, I, I try to say that tongue in cheek, you know, LOL. But, um, I think there's some real truth in that. It's like, you know, you, you know, it's, 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 it's there for you always 24, seven, Yep. And I've I, I, I don't know about you, but I personally believe that uh, the still small voice uh, will never put you in harm's way. It might challenge you. It's done yep. that to me recently <laughs> yep uh, no I don't that's contrary to my plan the ego talking
2: exactly. that's contrary
0: that's going completely in the opposite direction of my plan. <laughs> And of course the prompting is there and, there and it's there and it's there and it's there and it's all right all right all right all right I'll do it. And I do it. And then hindsight being 2020 if I hadn't done it things would have been a lot worse. And so I I that's one of the things that we encourage people to do is listen to that still small voice. Um When did you first recognize the still, small voice within?
1: Hmm. I think even from a young child, I would say if somebody challenged me, it's like, my gut says this. I don't care what you're telling me is so rational and logical, but, but I said my gut says whatever, which often was in the contrary to whoever was telling me something else. And so I think I trusted it, but I didn't understand where it was coming from necessarily. I mean, I did and I didn't. It wasn't until I was an adult and I got this, the, the most dramatic for me was, I got this calling, I'll, I'll refer to it as, to go to the, to participate in this energy-based life coaching program that was for the most part virtual. And at this point, I didn't even know what life coaching was, (laughs) but I kept being called to do it again and again and again and again. And I remember freaking out because my husband just lost his job, his career position, and this was going to cost some decent money. And I went down by the river and I'm walking Mm -hmm. and I'm like, why am I being called to something that I can't do? And then my, I, I just sort of was sitting there and, and like on a, a rock and weeping and somebody walked by and said, are you okay? I said, I'm fine. And then I went back home and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I am being called to do this. I'm going to do this. And that was trusting my intuition, my gut feeling, whatever you want to call it. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I there is no way I can't do this. I just have to. And maybe there was one other time that, Might have that did happen before that, that was about my health, that my brother told me about this one energy chiropractor. And my husband said, that's insane. And he was states and states and states away from me. And I said, well, just put me on a plane and I'll go. And he says, no, I'm going to go with you because I don't trust this. My husband's very logical. And so we went. And at that point, I was quite ill. And working with this energy chiropractor... My health, I was there for maybe five days or something. My health kept improving every single day. He didn't give me medication. He didn't do you know the typical medical stuff, but I kept getting better. So I guess it was the medical thing and then the career thing. Those two things just sort of, okay, I got to trust this because when I don't, things are going the wrong direction. Mm. Those are two that really stand out for me. There's been many, but those are the two dramatic ones.
0: Well, I think it's very important for each one of us to get in touch with I uh, want to talk more about this uh, as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I'm here with Diane Faisten. I want to ask you about how you differentiate in your inner life mm-hmm. um, between the still small voice, that divine, shall we say, centered voice,
2: sure.
0: and what others have said um, to me in regards to all of this is, well, how can you be sure that that voice is is the still small voice of the divine and so forth? I mean, we have people out there who are, are hearing voices telling them to do this and to do that and do the other thing. And uh, when they've done that, this, that, and the other thing, it's it's just led to utter chaos and destruction and 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 so forth and so on and loss of life and on and on and on because they were right. listening to that voice right and then of course you mentioned earlier the ego which right. is a whole separate that's a whole separate thing right. so how and and, and and I don't know this it comes up the universe asks the questions I'm just long for the ride okay folks <laughs> So I'm curious. So, how do we differentiate? How do we make sure that what we're being prompted to do is coming from a place, a
1: genuine good place, a
0: genuine good place.
1: Right. It's um, it can be tricky to come to that comfort. One answer is when I'm when I'm listening when I'm trying to tune in to that divine energy to get good guidance to me it's usually a softer gentler nudge that that often repeats very mm-hmm. often repeats in different forms you might hear it on the radio or you might hear it in a voice of somebody when you're buying groceries you know that they say something or you see repeating numbers these are things that to me are that soft gentle voice if it is something that is more you only have you know, 10 seconds, and then there's fear-based and stuff. To me, that's usually a dead giveaway that this is not a healthy thing for me, unless it's that, quote-unquote, instinct, step back because a bus is coming down the road. That obviously is is wise. But other things, I don't like to feel backed into a corner and pressured. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just me personally, but usually that's red flags. Like, why are you being pressured? Um, and some people, myself included, like to have other hmm, other techniques to for confirmation, for verification. Um, like when I'm working with clients, I want to make sure that I'm spot on. So I take care of myself, make sure I'm grounded, centered, balanced, and all that stuff. But I also use a pendulum. Some people like them. Some people don't to verify, am I getting the right information? Um, I will work with Oracle cards, angel cards, even tarot cards to try to get additional information for people because I like to, if it's a, something significant to me. I want to verify, is this accurate or am I just telling myself what I want to hear to make my ego feel better?
2: Hmm.
1: So you can do it different ways. I don't like the, you only have two seconds to make the decision, put me in a corner. That's a dead giveaway that I don't like. I love repeating things in various forms and I like using other various tools if that makes you feel more comfortable about your decision. The trick is if you have people you care about, Friends, families, whatever. It's hard. It's very difficult to get a neutral feedback from those people that care about you because, number one, they're not you. They're not getting the messages and insights that you are. They may have their own agendas. So it's hard. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying it can be difficult if these other people are not in the same place that you are in life making yeah. those choices. Yeah. So a lot of times I think people will reach out to me seeking more of a neutral guidance because I'm not part of their personal life and I'm not going to say, but if you do that, you won't do this for me or something. You know. So there's different ways of looking at it. And the other thing that popped up earlier that I wanted to mention because it keeps popping up in my head is, We all have a tendency to take things personally. Like you said, when that that job situation, it could have felt very personal. However, it was something going on outside of you. That guy wanted to do as a tax write-off. And so that was not a personal decision. But man, oh man, did it feel like one. Mm -hmm. So I try to get people to realize you may feel something is very personal. But nine times out of ten, it's not. But you're interpreting it that way. So you're hurt, you're mad, you're whatever. And sometimes it flat out is personal, but there are so many times when you think it is and it's not. So that was just sort of a side note that just kept popping in my head. I had to say it. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I know that uh, with promptings, um, I had uh, one in particular – I mean, you kind of talked about uh, um, uh, the differentiations in the voice, if you will, mm-hmm. and I had—I uh, used to bicycle everywhere, and I lived in Phoenix, <clears throat> and I used to have to bicycle out to uh, the transmitter site that back then was in wh- where we called the South 40. It okay. was out in the farm fields, uh, and the farm fields were one mile square,
2: hmm.
0: you know, one mile on all four sides. Okay. And, of course, uh, most of the intersections were lighted. They were signaled. And um, so I'm bicycling along, and I'm coming up to this one intersection, and I'm getting this prompting, turn right, turn right, turn right. <laughs> I'm going, you got to be kidding me. I, I'm going to go three miles out of my way if I turn right. <laughs> so I, keep, I cross the intersection, and I keep right on going. And the prompting gets stronger and stronger and stronger, and I go half a mile. I turn around. And I went back to that intersection. And I went up the street and uh, and um, made the left and made the left and then uh, made the right back onto the road I was originally on. But now a mile down the road, having gone three miles out of my way, as sure. I perceived it. Right. And, of course, the prompting went away. And I just continued on my way to to work. But the thing that that I was perplexed about for the longest time... Was, what the hell was that all about? You know what, what what's going on here? And the only thing Gosh. that I could come, the only conclusion that I could come to, was the still small voice was basically saying, "Do you really trust me? Do you really Ooh. are you are you gonna follow the promptings? I mean, I don't know if I missed, you know, avoided an accident or, or what." Sure. All I know is that it's one of those aspects that like I said before, I had a situation just recently where I was getting that prompting and it's like, oh no, but that's in contr- that's in contradiction to my plan and eventually right. I did it and so forth um, and I've had situations where I I actually think because things were seemingly moving rather quickly and mm-hmm. I didn't make the decision in time. And, and I, I, I didn't have any problem, per se, but it was almost instantaneous where, you know, if you had gone and done that, okay, uh, you wouldn't be feeling, feeling the way that you are at this moment. Um, do you find, have you found in your life, when you're getting that prompting and you're sort of, I don't know that I want to say you're arguing with it, but you're oh, but
1: yeah resisting it. You're yeah. resisting
0: it, and and yet there's something deep inside of you, and this is a sort of a sot from the, the the still small voice. Right. There's something inside of you that, in spite of your ego saying uh, maybe uh, no, 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 right, there's that feeling inside of you that's going. Yeah, that just feels right. That just, there's that, there's that just inner, not believing, but sort of that inner knowing. Yeah. You know.
1: It is. It's an inner knowing and it's deep. Yeah. And that, that one I can't walk away from. Yeah. Because, you know, the mind, the logic, the rational, the the ego personality, whatever says, oh, you don't want to do that. You might get, upset or you might, whatever, or not fit in or whatever, but it's like, I don't know why, but I'm going to go do this. And I trust that. I trust that deeply. And I'm a fairly private, sensitive person. Mm-hmm. And yes, I talked to lots of people, but in my personal life, I'm very reserved and, and quiet. And I don't just put myself out there unless I feel called to, like I did with you, Richard, because normally I just kind of do my thing.
0: You know, but when I, I, I heard
1: from you, I yeah. had that feeling, this, this, is you should do this. I'm like, okay.
0: Yeah. Well, I know other people have a similar experience in that I was delivering some uh, animal um, products, if you will. Um, okay. This one woman, she was collecting all kinds of, uh, crates and bedding and even food for dogs sure. to have taken down to Tijuana uh, for the dogs that are down there being cared for. And some of them end up being brought up here into the States to be uh, to be uh, adopted. Okay. They're, get, they're taken out of that environment, which apparently is very hostile, very, very harmful for them. Mm. So I am taking uh, several, uh, uh, you know, things to this woman's house and um, I take I put them over by the pile with everything else. And I'm talking to her over the fence and over the gate and all of a sudden, she invites me in to show me the setup that she has for the dogs that are coming, the puppies that are coming.
1: Okay.
0: And she says, I never do this. <laughs> but you just seem to me to be the kind of person that would truly re- appreciate and understand, which I do. I absolutely do. Sure. Uh, so other people, they do this sometimes. Uh, they're fully aware of it. And other times, they aren't. But because they kind of go with the flow as it were right. they, they allow these kinds of things to happen um, it is fascinating to me I have to say to make contact with people on different uh, uh, through different uh, uh, modalities whether it be LinkedIn or others or through some of the PR firms that that send me books and and sure. guests um, that uh I've had only a few interviews that never happened because the guest either found out—not that I'm hiding anything—what <laughs> the program is about by going to the website right. and saying, "No, no, 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 I want nothing to do with this guy. Hmm. His stuff is too too far out,
2: too, too far woo-woo. out, yeah. too
0: woo woo." <laughs> I've had um, uh, people from a wide variety of different faiths on this program. I've only been rejected by very staunch uh, Christian believers. And it's only Hmm. been one or two authors. One gentleman actually said that. No, no, no. He's got too much. He's got some weird stuff on his website. Okay, fine. Another one did not think that uh, they would be uh, reaching uh, the audience that this person wanted to reach. And it's like,
1: hey, that's fine. Whatever. How
0: do you know who's listening? Exactly. You may be missing someone that would hear what you have to say, who is of the similar philosophy that you have. And now I have, and I worked for a Christian station for 15 years, so I know, I know the terminology, I know the mindset, I know the doctrine, and the dogma. And I also know that the last thing I want to do is alienate people. I don't do the Dan Rather uh, attack form of interviewing when it comes to Christians. That's not my way. It's also disrespectful. Uh, And besides, this person has an insight I will learn from as well. I'm hoping that I always maintain an open mind. Uh, To to listening to the guests, regardless of where they're coming from, I've had atheists, Scientologists or Jewish rabbis, as well as Christians and uh, metaphysicians and spiritualists and and the list goes on. And everybody has a little piece of the puzzle for me, just like you have a piece of the puzzle for me and hopefully I for you. And that's sort of what uh, James Redfield, who has been a guest on this program several times, talks about in Celestine Prophecy, that we have these messages for one another. And when we put up the shields, the messages don't get in and the messages don't go out, which means that we are doing a disservice to ourselves and to others because we're denying ourselves those pieces and we're denying the others pieces that we have to offer. When you are working with someone, do you automatically go into that energetic diagnostic or is it something that you have to sort of prepare for?
1: You know, it actually happens pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, I prepare myself to be in a neutral, grounded, safe place so I'm not all stuck in my head about whatever's going on in my world because I want to be of a place where I can support the other person, hear what they're saying, and reflect back to them what's going to benefit from them. So there's really not a lot of prep, mm-hmm. other than me being in a in a in the right mindset and and preparing myself. Which right. I've gotten to the point where it doesn't take me like four hours or anything to do. I can do fairly quickly depending on the situation. Um, I find sometimes I have clients that want to do a lot of thinking ahead and and, um, sketching out their ideas so they can make sure that the conversation goes on in a certain manner or they cover topics and other people just like, I'm going through something. Can you help me? And it just kind of happens. Yeah. So there's a variety.
0: Yeah. Do you find that uh, people are um, on the whole that work with you um, fairly? I mean, first of all, they have to be receptive to what you do. Otherwise, oh, they wouldn't course, be coming. Or they wouldn't
1: you. be reaching out, yes. Right.
0: But uh, do you find that even those people still struggle a little bit with maybe sharing what it is that they're there uh, to work with you on uh, <laughs> just because of their own personalities? They're shy, et cetera, et cetera. They're embarrassed. Or right. is it, does it just, nah, it just comes out?
1: Well, <laughs> it's interesting because some people, many people, are pretty open because I am like this safe person where we keep everything just, you know, between ourselves and it's not going to go anywhere. Um, So they usually are pretty upfront, but it's really interesting because sometimes when I'm, as I call like downloading information to share with them, words will come out of my mouth that I didn't even realize I was going to say. And it's like there's some kind of like divine answer to the question that they really want to have an answer to, but they are either afraid to say it or they don't want to put it out there yet. But it's like the the energy knows they need to hear this. Mm -hmm. So they're like, you didn't even answer my question. It's like, well, maybe I didn't answer it yet. But did you hear what I said? Because sometimes the message that I'm saying that I didn't even sometimes realize I was going to say is what they really need to hear. And sometimes I tell clients, I don't remember what they call it. I think it's like automatic writing. Sometimes when they're overwhelmed and there's just too much stuff going around in their head, it's like. I don't know whether you journal or what, but just sit down, find some quiet time and just start like kind of doodling on a piece of paper and just write. And I don't care what you're writing. And pretty soon you're going to let out either what you need to let go of, what you need to be aware of. I I said, automatic writing is wonderful. And if you can give yourself at least 20 minutes, half an hour or or even longer to just allow yourself to do that, it's amazing what you can find. Mm. Because sometimes it's just so bottled up and so complicated and and we have baggage from us and from our ancestors and whatever that we we'd struggle to get what's what's at the bottom line of all this? yeah, am I even going in the right direction? Mm-hmm. you know when you get down to that heart and soul part, am I going nuts? you know, help me, and I'm usually telling people you're doing better than you realize, and you're getting insights to say. It's time to change, whether it's your career, your personal life, your whatever. You need to change or you need to take stop taking responsibility for this person in your world. Stand up for yourself. Speak your truth. Be who you are, because they're either going to be with you or they're not. And either way, it's going to be the better for you.
0: Yeah. I have to say that um, our first conversation, you know, I shared an awful lot with you. And certainly it did feel uh, comfortable and so forth, um, it's still very interesting to see how um, people have opened up. I've, I've done interviews with people. It was their first interview, which I'm always thrilled by, the mm-hmm. fact that I get the opportunity to, to be their first uh, 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 interviewer. I guess is the right word, (laughs) Uh, and to sort of break them in, as it were. But I do it in such a way that it's very gentle, and it's also to the extent that um, uh, they know that this is not a horrific and horrific experience, that this is something that can be a lot of fun. So if I'm their first uh, experience uh, being uh, on a program I want to make sure that it's as pleasant as possible, as positive as possible. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I want to challenge them a little bit if if that's what comes up. Sure. You know, I don't sit here and, and uh, this doesn't uh, become an infomercial for that particular <laughs> guest and what they have to offer. We're talking about these different subjects. We're talking with Diane Faston. we're talking about the work she does at her website, which is dianergy.com, D-I-A-N-E rgy.com we hope that you'll go to the website we will be linked to that website we hope that you will go there as well i'm richard dugan your host here on tell me your story diane faced is my guest and uh, before we wrap things up here uh and we are getting close to that wrap-up time but we still have a few more minutes and i hope we can do this in that few minutes i really would like to touch on this aspect of of uh, dealing with and tuning into the moon cycles mm-hmm. uh, and and I was looking through this list and i've heard from i 've heard of course new moon waxing uh sure. full moon um uh, third quarter, and so forth, but then there were some others. I love this one, and I did hear this from a gentleman who we have on the program on another program called Skyview. His name is dr. Sky Steve Gates, and okay. he was talking about the gibbous moon yep you know and um then of course there the there's uh, another one the dis, dis- disseminating disseminating moon disseminating moon yep uh-huh and then i thought this was an interesting one <laughs> i'm thinking this must be used this at dinner time the balsamic moon <laughs> but let's talk about these moon phases obviously the new moon is dark to us we don't see anything because right. um that is what would be considered to be uh, an earthly eclipse if we lived on the moon right so let's let 's talk about these phases and what they mean and how we can incorporate them into our awareness and understanding of where we are where we are at a given point in that twenty eight day cycle
1: well it's exciting and and i'm continuing to learn more about the moon um and i 'm just going to give a shout out to the person that's really helping me um She's pretty well known out there. Her name is Yasmin Boland and she's from England. And she's basically the queen of of the moon. She she teaches about moonology. And this is where I'm learning more about the moon. But the new moon, like you said, is dark, it's black. It looks like there's nothing there, but it's all about new beginnings where you can set intentions about what you want. And then we get this teeny tiny little waxing crescent moon where you wanna start manifesting and acting on your intentions. And then you get a little bit bigger of a slice, which they call the first quarter moon, where it's more of a recommitting to your dreams. And that's where you you probably get more challenges like, oh, you sure you really want that? Prove it to me. Boy, I've certainly had those experiences um, in my life. And then the the interesting name of the Gibeous moon, um, it gets very emotional. Lots of drama comes up. Um, and then we're all familiar with the full moon where, you know, the whole circle is filled Um And that's where we're being asked to basically surrender, surrender to divine. And it can get quite emotional, but it's okay. I mean, if you feel like crying or yelling or screaming, let it out because you're not supposed to keep all that stuff in. Um, And we want to move ahead with less baggage and you need to release it, whether it's literally releasing clutter in your home or it's emotional baggage, which we all have more of than we want to admit. Um, then we start going smaller again with the disseminating moon where you're supposed to be processing everything you've, you've um, gone through in this process. You let go of things. Um, I like to imagine like I'm walking down a stream or something and, and anything that is attached to me that I don't need, it's just going to float away, but you do it in whatever way it makes sense to you. Then the third quarter moon, um, you need to reflect, okay, what's not working for me that I've been trying to, to, assimilate, but yet no matter how I try, it's not working, hmm, maybe I need to find another way to get there, Um, and then we get to that beautiful, as you said, balsamic moon, which is very powerful, it has a lot of healing energy to it that I like, where you kind of make peace with, okay, I've been doing the best I can, here is where I am, and I'm going to prepare and accept myself before I get to the new moon of starting this monthly cycle all over again. Um, and just for your own benefits, um, who I referred to before was Yasmin with a Y. She actually has moonology cards and all kinds of resources that can also help you and support you on this path. She's, a, she's a amazing when it comes to the moon. And I'm finding more, the moon really for us to me is a more emotional connection to who we are. And there's a lot that has to do with astrology and, and predicting what we're going through. But I think if we all tune into our feelings more. And if you're curious, lean into the moon a bit because I think it can really help us. And it's you know every month we we go through this cycle, and I think it can be supportive and helpful if you're if you're interested in going that way.
0: Well, I've often said it this way: we we all can use a, a little help uh, sometimes. Oh uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I like what you said at the front end of the program about uh, the information that you provide to your your clients, and that is that uh, you are there to confirm. You don't give them anything they don't already know.
1: Bingo. But they don't know they know it or they don't trust they know it. It's like I'm holding up a mirror and I'm saying, I see who you are. You are beautiful. You are strong. Maybe you feel beaten down. Maybe you feel overwhelmed. However, I'm saying pat yourself up on the back. And sometimes we have to fall down to the very bottom before we have the gumption to pull ourselves back up. And that's okay. We all been there. Um, And most of the time we're somewhere in between feeling like we're on a roller coaster. But yeah, I'm seeing the beauty of the power and the strength in my clients. And I just shine a light on it and say, you've got this. And if Mm -hmm. you've got questions or concerns, we can talk through it, but you've got this because most of the time we do. Now, sometimes the message I get for them is, I don't know why you keep repeating this cycle, (laughs) whether it's career or romance or whatever. It's like, you're not going to get what you want. And I you know, because it's repeated so many times, I, I thought you would have figured it out by now, but apparently you haven't. But everything I see says walk away from this. Because I do a gut check. It's like, is this a waste of t- your time? Mm-hmm. And if that's the message I get, I tell them. But, I'll, you know, sometimes it's, you know, right now it doesn't feel good, mm-hmm. but it feels to me like in a short time, whatever that might be, it's going to get a lot better. But to get there, you need to stand up for you. You need to stop being their doormat. And the two of you are meant to be together. Um, you can figure it out if you want to. You know, mm-hmm. so it I get different vibes for different situations because every situation is different. exactly, obviously.
0: Diane Faist is my guest here on "Tell Me Your Story." I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and we are talking about a lot of different things—just uh, uh, moon cycles. We're talking about empathy, and we're talking about the still small voice uh, versus your instincts, and all kinds of great stuff. And and uh, I am very appreciative of the fact that uh, you have uh, joined us here on the program to to talk about all these things. Uh, we have uh, basically um, uh, run our course thus far. Would love to have you back to to converse more about more of the work that you are doing and some of the things that have, that are coming up for you in 2022. I do have three final questions that I'd like to ask my guests. Um, and, um, Uh, You may have answered them to some degree during the program, uh, but I like to ask them directly. Before I do, I want to let you, the listener and the watcher, know that, yes, you can watch these programs on YouTube. You can also listen to them on the podcasts at uh, SoundCloud and iTunes and TuneIn Radio, Spotify, as well as iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations. We are also heard on this fine station at uh, 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. on a Sunday, 1 a.m. on a Monday, and then Wednesdays at 9 a.m. That's our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We also encourage you, if you are uh, of a mind to do so, uh, and resources, uh, if you can support the work that we are doing here on Tell Me Your Story. We would greatly appreciate that. We have a PayPal account that is for your security as well as ours. And uh, we hope that uh, whatever you can uh, uh, give. We greatly appreciate it, uh, and uh, we'll take energetic support as well. PayPal also asks you for an email address when you're sending. Just put mine in there. It's richard at richarddugan.com. Richard at richarddugan.com when you're sending uh, through PayPal. We also ask that you participate in the decade of Perfect Vision 2020s, the 2020s where you want you want to go within. You want to find that quiet peaceful calm still place uh, where you can listen to that still small voice and listen to and follow the promptings it won't hurt you I promise you it it won't hurt you (laughs) Uh, you know and it's okay if you have some resistance that's that's normal Uh, but the more you trust the less resistance there is and I will tell you that uh, it's going to make a world of difference in your world with all of that being said, let's go to our final uh, three questions. And that first question is, who is Diane
1: Faced? Hmm. Who is Diane Faist? Um, I am an ever evolving, oh, person. I mean, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a sister, um, I'm a friend, but what I'm reaching to do these days is I want to find more adventure. I want to try new things. I got stuck in whatever for the longest time. And yes, I was raising my children and that took one aspect of my life. But now that they're grown, I don't want to keep um, hiding from life is what I kind of felt like I was doing. Mm. Um, I want to go out and do more adventuring. And my family and I went out um, to a lake uh, cottage for a couple days. A few months ago, and I went kayaking for the very first time. was a little scary, but I mean, I'd canoed before, but I'd never kayaked, Mm -hmm. and it was exhilarating. I was so excited when I was on the water and doing it. It was like, wow, this is a blast! And that was a message: do more. What else new and fun are you going to do? So that's exciting. Mm.
0: What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now?
1: Hmm, I want to reach more people in new ways, almost like um, kind of a one-to-many, because most of what I'm doing right now is a one-on-one work, which I enjoy, but I'm exploring different forms of doing one-to-many reach-outs. I haven't figured out exactly what that is yet, but I'm just in a point of exploring, which is exciting.
0: And finally, what is your life's purpose?
1: Hmm. It's a good question. I believe my life's purpose is to continue to grow and learn for myself. And I mean, I'm a forever learner. And then I want to continue to not only teach others, but explore more of the world than I have. Because I feel like during the challenges of my illness and stuff, I kind of was going within. And I'm tired of that. So I want to continue to learn and help people, but I want to continue to grow and explore literally, but also internally. Mm.
0: Well, Diane, thank you again for joining us here on the program and sharing yourself and uh, your story and the work that you do with our listeners and our
1: viewers. It's been great. Thank you, Richard. It's been a blessing. And you create a very, I'll call it a safe environment where you can be free to to be yourself and and share. And I think that's what you're looking for.
0: That's exactly right. And I thank you for that. And I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to love.